ulterior. So obviously this isn't a sports podcast, but let me just say something right quick. When I seen CJ Stroud just chuck that ball into the air and say to himself, man, fuck it, Nico Collins is down there somewhere. Elite talent, generational talent. Um, Big ups to everybody who got into the playoffs for the NFL. Uh, This looks like a really quirky and fun lineup. And what I mean by that is there is the great possibility of some bullshit going down. I look at Eagles and Bucks and I'm like, is Jalen Hurts him? Jalen Hurts got that dog in him like that? I don't know, man. Um, I look at Lions and Rams and I'm like, man, that's a fucking storyline. I look at Houston and Cleveland and I'm like, man, CJ Stroud really might be about to put Joe Flacco out of his misery. I say that, you know, as a joke because Joe Flacco is doing some great shit right now, but you know what I mean? Playoffs are here. Playoff season is always fun and exciting and I cannot wait to see all the play out. And, and yeah, that's where you can catch me later on in the week, just watching football and just disintegrating into whatever seat that I'm in. And uh, wait, you don't disintegrate into something. You disintegrate like like spontaneous combustion. Whatever, man. I don't give a fuck. Anyways, um, yeah, this is going to be uh, a lighter week. Not too much going on for new releases, but just enough for me to be able to sit here still and have a lot of excitement built up within me to tell you guys about what it is I listened to recently. So we got brand new singles by The Requiem, Bring Me the Horizon, Mosaic, and a few others I want to mention, and then brand new records by Advents and A Small District. Thank you so much, thank you for tapping in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So, um, Bad Omens. We all love them. We all love supporting them. We love their music. We love being able to celebrate the rise of a band who truly do deserve all of their success. And it's definitely been something very fun to watch over the last year or two years or, you know, however long you believe it's been. But some of you guys out there love Bad Omens a a little bit too much, uh, to a degree where It is not only unhealthy, it is also very frightening and concerning. And I bring all this up because there was an interview that Noah Sebastian did recently with Metal Hammer where he kind of expressed uh, his views on the parasocial behavior that a lot of Bad Omens fans have shown to himself and the rest of the band, and he goes into some detail about it. Uh, definitely check out the interview if you're interested in like kind of seeing more about you know what this has done to Noah and how he feels about all of it. And I just want to say that you guys need to stop this shit. Like genuinely, it's unsettling as hell. These are real people trying to make a living doing something that they love, which is just making music and touring the world and getting to share their art and their passion and their creations with all of us. And some of you guys out there are being very, very weird about this. Uh, I remember seeing 
the shower curtain that somebody had made with pictures of Noah and the band logo. Noah mentioned in the Metal Hammer interview that uh, people have reached out to relatives of his to try and get like baby pictures and stuff like that. And it's it's not something that anybody gets into this industry to one day have happen to them. And it is genuinely a shame that Noah and everybody else in Bad Omens have been pushed to the point where they are removing themselves from their social media presence. Noah has deleted all of his accounts. Uh, Nick Folio, the drummer, just did the same. And I would imagine that if this behavior pattern continues, then more people in and around Bad Omens will do the same. And I have seen plenty of people say that Bad Omens fans are what make them, you know, turn away from the band. So in a lot of ways, if you are engaging in this behavior, you are only hurting the band and you are hurting the perception that people in the public have of them. And I'm sure that's counterintuitive to what it is that you're actually trying to achieve. And I understand, you know, you guys, you like this band, you feel passionate towards them. That's great. That's fine. But show your passion in, you know, some normal ways, you know, just stream the music, go to the shows, just be a fan. Don't, you know, cross that boundary from fan to quite frankly, stalker, because it is getting very, very concerning. And yeah, that was kind of, you know, my little spiel there about Bad Omens. I just kind of had to, I didn't have to say something, but I just kind of felt like it because, you know, uh, the... The Metal Hammer piece stuck out to me, and I feel like it is a conversation that needs to be had, not necessarily on here, but, you know, on the greater scale, per se. Um, anyways, moving into the singles for the week, the first one that I want to mention, and I feel this great sense of joy and a elated mood whenever I get to bring their name up, The Requiem, brand new song, Kill the Lights. So this is the latest single off of the Requiem's debut record. It is A Cure to Poison the World out on February 16th. And with every single that the Requiem releases and adds to their resume, I myself just become an even bigger fan of theirs. And I grow this increasing appreciation for what it is that they're doing with this sound in particular. And what I mean by that is they have a very throwback style sound that I can compare to like my Chemical Romance, The Use, AFI, and as somebody who grew up in that time period where all three of those bands were shining at the brightest moments they ever have, I can look at what the Requiem are doing and say, you are doing it just as well as those bands, and in some regards, better, in my opinion. And if you're somebody who maybe you don't have that knowledge and prowess when it comes to what I just mentioned about an old sound for post-hardcore and rock music then you can hear the Requiem and get that understanding and get that same level of appreciation and just, you know, be able to marvel at a band who are taking this sound and not only putting a nostalgic spin on it, but at the same time, moving it forward and pushing these new boundaries and setting, in my eyes, a new standard for what melodramatic post-hardcore can sound like. I think the Requiem are just an amazing band and the moves that they have made for this debut album are impressive and second to none. And this single in particular is just so catchy and enthralling in every facet of the Requiem's identity. I think it is just so anthemic, especially towards the end of the song where you have the repetition of the lines, parasites were parasites, just parasites. It is an earworm to say the least. And like I've been saying this whole review so far, 
I am just head over heels for the Requiem and I cannot wait for this album in February to be able to, you know, further gas up their act and tell you guys in as many ways as I can why the Requiem might very well be the future of the scene. We have a brand new fucking single by the greatest band to ever exist that is on God, motherfucker. It is Kool-Aid by Bring Me the Horizon. So this is the first single by Bring Me the Horizon in the post-Jordan Fish iteration of the band. We'll go ahead and call it that. And I know that there were a lot of you guys out there who you doubted the future of this band, you doubted the direction, you doubted what they could achieve without Jordan. And I would hope that after hearing Kool-Aid, you were reminded who the fuck you're talking about respectfully because it is bring me the fucking horizon and there's a reason why they are as revered and respected as they are in the scene there's a reason why out of every band from their time period they're the ones who have risen to prominence the way that they have there's a reason why they're the biggest band in the scene and it is because of songs like kool-aid and the ability that they have to take their sound into whatever direction they want to kool-aid has energy it has aggression it's intense it is just catchy and fluid all around i think this is one of the best performances by ollie sykes in recent memory and i say that as somebody who believes that ollie has nothing but impressive and perfect outputs in everything that bring me the horizon do kool-aid is a, a magnificent song a brilliant way to start off the year for the band and you know whatever's going to be happening with next gen whether it releases in the summer or sometime thereafter kool-aid should show all of you guys that with or without jordan bring me the horizon will always have the steady hand. Addicted is the name of the new single out now by Mosaic. In in some ways, I feel like I'm still getting accustomed to Aubrey as the vocalist of Mosaic, but at the same time, when I hear a song like Addicted, I have this sense of familiarity that is immediately struck because everything that Mosaic have ever stood for, it is still persistent all the way to this day, you know, years and years after I first found them. Um, I think what I really love about Addicted is that it has this very, like, natural flow to it, and it's like a really controlled chaos and it's all done in this very elegant and beautifully laced package I, I think aubrey sounds fucking incredible as do uh the rest of the band the chorus in particular is just very larger than life in a lot of ways i think addicted is a very strong single for mosaic and this is a band who i, I want to see more out of i want selfishly more opportunities to mention them on this show because whenever i get to talk about mosaic it is a fucking treat y'all um, Chilio. I hope I'm saying that correctly. New single, Only Way Out is Through.
So here's what I will say about Chilio, if that's how you say the name. I, I apologize if that's butchered at all. I, I might have butchered it like three times now, actually. Um, what I want to say about them is that, admittedly, pop punk is the genre in the scene where I have the most difficulty finding a connection to nowadays. I like a lot of pop punk, but I don't love a lot of it, if that makes any sense. When I hear Only Way Out is Through... I feel like Chilio is a band who I can definitely love because I really enjoy the pacing of their track here. I like the anthemic energy of it. It is very catchy while not really, you know, being subdued in the way that I think some pop punk songs can be nowadays. It's just very like go, go, go all the way through without ever really feeling frantic. I feel comfortable listening to this track. I can sense the confidence in Chilio's demeanor and the strategic approach to this single. I think it's a very successful outing for them, and I look forward to more if it's going to be in alignment with how Only Way Out is Through sounds. Casey are gearing up for the release of a brand new album, but we did get one more single by them. It is Sela. That album is How to Disappear. It drops January 12th, so there is a chance that by the time any of you guys hear this, the album will already be out, so go ahead and stream it. What I will say about Sela, and I'm going to contain most of my thoughts about Casey overall and save them for that review, but when it comes to Sela, I listen to this song and I hear the very clear, like slow, brooding, ominous nature to it, and I'm like man, that's emo. Like, that is what comes to mind when I think of the genre, and more specifically, what I think about when I, you know, try to think of, like, what is it about the genre that makes me feel so connected to it at times? And I feel like Sailor does a great job at really capturing that downbeat spirit. Uh, just a very difficult song to get through in that sense. If you hear anything in the background, my cats are playing, just please don't mind them. Um, Sailor just feels big time in a lot of ways and my hope is that that feeling translates over to the rest of the album and I don't really have any doubts that that's going to be the case. The final single that I want to go into detail on is by Normandy and it is Sorry. This is yet another new single off of the album Dopamine, releasing February 9th, and even though Normandy have definitely released, you know, more than a handful of singles by now, I appreciate the variety that each single is allowing us to see, and to really, you know, like, intake just how deep into the bag Normandy reached on this album, and I say that to say that Sorry has a feeling and a vibrancy to it that I can't really identify with any other Normandy song ever. It feels like very, 
like 70s synthwave pop in a lot of ways. It's got a great beat to it, a great rhythm. I think the way that Philip is able to kind of allow his voice to flow, it is one of the best performances I've ever heard out of him. And Sorry, like I said, is able to just add a lot of variety and flavor to an album that I don't think it really needs to you know, think outside the box too much because I feel like the formula for Normandy works for them. But if they're going to experiment with their sound like they do here on Sorry, this album is going to do a lot of wonders for them. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media. Vulture by A Shadow Within, FSU by Ghost Kid, Diamond Cult by King Cold, Rusty by Lado, Kool-Aid Man by Tilly, Optimizing Bodies by Underneath featuring Jake Yankich, Static by Where Oceans Burn featuring Aaron Matz, and Predator by Yannicka. One song got a three, and that was I Still Believe by New Year's Day. What I'm not going to do is sit here and, you know, add to the dark pile that is the hate for New Year's Day. I really don't hate this band. I don't even dislike them. But I think a song like I Still Believe, it really does kind of show what it is that can be grating about their act at times. It just sounds and feels like very uninspired in a lot of ways. The production on it is great. I think the production is kind of what saves it from falling below a three for myself. But in terms of, you know, being something that I can look at as a standout for the band, it's just not there. So those are all the singles, and now I will proceed to get into the records for the episode, and just to provide some kind of disclosure, um, this week wasn't stacked in any way, just in terms of like the names for records, so I, I did have to kind of dig and dig and really figure out like what released this week that I can talk about, and I was able to find two EPs that I am very happy to showcase on this show and explain what it is about them that I think you guys can, you know, really sink your teeth into. The first one up is by Advents, and it is called Persona Melodies. So like I said, this was an EP that I had to actively seek out and I came across it on Twitter and for full transparency, the reason why I gravitated towards this particular release was because of the artwork, which has a throne and a few masks hanging above it with one other mask sitting on said throne. And I just thought it was a really sick looking piece that started to spark my imagination and interest when it came to the sound of the EP. Um, there are four songs here on Persona Melodies, and the whole thing clocks in at around 12 minutes, so it doesn't feel like a chore at all to get through. Um, the production on it is great, and that helps a song like Red 13 feel so fleshed out as an opener. And I would say that if you're into what bands like Motionless and White and Dark Divine do on the heavier ends of their sound, then Red 13 can be something exciting for you. Um, LCD keeps the aggression and energy going, and it does have some stylistic differences from Red 13. Like, I get more Alpha Wolf vibes than anything else here, so it's easy to see the possible pull of influences that Advents looked at, and I think it paid off for them. Uh, Chroma, which was the newest song on the EP at the time of its release, 
It does exist on the more melodic side to Advent's identity, and that's not a bad thing at all. It's a really strong track that helped tie together all of the ideas on Persona Melodies. Um, the one thing that I'll say that can be viewed as like sort of a grievance is that I, I don't think Never Game Over hit to the exact extent that I like closing tracks to do so. It's still a good song in every facet, but it doesn't have the character of the other three songs, in my opinion. So, you know, that kind of is what makes it feel um, a, a little bit lesser as a closer, if that makes any sense. Um, it, it's a great time, though. Not just that track, but the entire EP altogether. You know, it's just very heavy and easy to get into if that's kind of the style of metalcore that you're looking at. And for myself, this was one of the, you know, one of the rewards, I would say, for this past week and altogether for Ulterior because the whole purpose of this show isn't just to talk about the bands who I love and am already aware of, but to also find new artists who I can tell you guys about and in turn, you know, maybe you check them out as well. And Advents definitely, you know, checked off that box for me this past week and I was very happy to get through the CP. And for the second and final record of the episode, we have Closer by a Small District. New metal from Switzerland since 2012 is how a small district describes themselves on their Instagram bio. And after hearing this EP, I really do believe that that is a fair self-assessment of where their sound is at. And this might come across as backhanded, but I promise that what I'm going to say right now, this is said with full endearment. This EP sounds like it could have been released in 2012, but that is a compliment on my part because there is a certain flair of nostalgia that closer strikes and, you know, it, it puts me in a place where I could have easily imagined myself scouring the internet for something like this in my room when I was in high school and then I go to first period the next day and tell my friends, yo, listen to a small district, this band fucks. And in a weird way, that's kind of what I get to do now because you guys are all my friends and I get to tell you that a small district fucks. I think if I'm completing the 2012 dialogue, I would say that there are some hits to this album's overall sound that remind me of My Ticket Home and Noisemaker, which, you know, it establishes some familiarity and connection to the style of new metal that I have a great affinity for. Um, I think the opening song, Let Go, it starts off the EP very thunderously, and you do get more than a good grasp for what the record will be bringing to you for the rest of its duration. I just think Let Go, you know, it, it's like that kind of a, uh, like a mission statement song, especially if you're somebody like myself who had never listened to a small district before, I was able to fully understand what is this band's sound, what is it that they're after, and what can I expect from the other songs here. And, you know, that's what you really need out of an opening song, and Let Go absolutely fulfilled all that. I really do believe that something that impressed me with this album, or rather this EP, was that 
It's able to command a lot of aggression and intensity without ever really being like in your face heavy, if that makes any sense. You know, this isn't necessarily the record that you're going to be, uh, you know, crowd killing to at a show, but rather you're going to be jumping up and down. You're going to be bouncing around and it's going to be a great fucking time, especially with tracks like uh, Changing Faces and Breakout, which I feel like those songs do enough to kind of deviate from the formula established beforehand off of Let Go, the title track and No Control. There's just something about the atmosphere to the songs. I feel like the melodic sections, while not like, you know, really moving or emotional, they definitely do what I look for in terms of like other melodic uh, qualities from records like this, which is, like I said, they make you bounce around. They kind of make you feel that party energy. And I think Closer did a very, very good job at kind of establishing that sound for itself towards the end of its runtime. And every song here, it does feel unique from one another. Yeah, there were a lot of connected threads through the 15 minutes of the EP's runtime, but I think overall, it's able to, you know, make it clear like, okay, which song is let go? Which song is no control? And I think that is very important for a band to do, especially, you know, again, for somebody like myself who had never listened to uh, a small district before, even though they've been around for a minute. So, you know, I, I do feel bad that this was my first time actually coming across them and getting to check out their music, but I'm really glad that I got to do so overall. Closer was one of the, you know, shining moments for myself last week in the scene. I was definitely able to have a lot of fun with it, not just the first time I heard it, but every time thereafter. And I extend this notion to you guys again. If anything that I have been saying about a small district and closer so far feels like anything that you could have an attachment to, 100% please go check out this EP. I, I think it rules. And that's it. That was every single and record for the week for me to review. And I know in terms of quantity, this episode didn't have as much as, you know, prior ones, but. My hope is that you guys were still able to take more than a few things from here and, you know, you go check them out. Maybe you didn't know about Mosaic or the Requiem or a small district, but regardless, I hope you give them a chance and I hope you find the same reasons to love them as I do. And that's the beauty of music in the end. You know what I mean? Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And as always, for the love of the game, Let's make a scene.